Good morning. James 1, a few verses that we've read on, on Wednesday evening, 13 through 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then, when lust has conceived, brings forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. 21, 23, or 22. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, um, large amounts of malice, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Romans 8, how these match, 12 through 14. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Again, how those verses match up and how we have been discussing these things in sermons, even on Wednesday nights, regarding killing sin in our lives, mortifying it, laying it apart, laying aside, setting and putting off. In like fashion, on second Sundays, we consider the cross with a little bit more emphasis. I wanted to read something to kind of bring both of those together. And uh, many of you have heard this before, and I kept fighting it off because I've read it before here. But it's a piece, a devotion that John Piper put together and pierced by the word. Many of you have heard this before. I've read it, but it just fits. I'm going to read the whole thing. Passion for purity versus passive prayer. Again, this focuses on one single sin, but if you back up, you can use the cross to fight sin. I say to you that everyone who looks upon a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Matthew 5, 28 through 29. It's John Piper. When you are enticed sexually, do you fight with your mind to say no to the, the image and then mightily labor to fill your mind with counter images that kill off the seductive image? Quote, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Romans 8, 13. Too many people think they have struggled with temptation when they have prayed for deliverance and hoped the desire would go away. That's too passive. Yes, God works in us to will and to do his good pleasure. But the effect is that we, quote, work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2. Gouging out your eye may be a metaphor, but it means something very violent. The brain is a muscle. To be flexed for purity, and in the Christian, it is supercharged with the Spirit of Christ. What this means is 
that we must not give a sexual image or impulse more than five seconds before we mount a violent counterattack with the mind. I mean that. Five seconds. In the first two seconds, we shout, No! Get out of my head! In the next two seconds, we cry out, Oh God, in the name of Jesus, help me! Save me now! I am yours! Good beginning. But then the real battle begins. This is a mind war. The absolute necessity to get the image and the impulse out of our mind. How? Get a Christ-exalting, soul-captivating counterimage into the mind. Bite. Push. Strike. Don't ease up. It must be an image that is so powerful that the other image cannot survive. There are lust-destroying images and thoughts. For example... Have you ever heard, ever, I'm sorry, have you ever in the first five seconds of temptation demanded of your mind that it look steadfastly at the crucified form of Jesus Christ? Picture this. You've just seen a peekaboo blouse inviting further fantasy. You have five seconds. No, get out of my mind. God, help me. Now immediately demand of your mind. You can do this. By the Spirit, Romans 8, demand of your mind that it fix its gaze on Christ on the cross. Use all your fantasizing power to see his lacerated back. 39 lashes left little flesh intact. He heaves with his breath up and down against the rough vertical beam of the cross. Each breath puts splinters into the lacerations. The Lord gasps. From time to time, he screams out with intolerable pain. He tries to pull away from the wood, and the massive spokes through his wrists rip into the nerve endings. He screams again with agony and pushes up with his feet to give some relief to his wrists. But the bones and nerves in his pierced feet crush against each other with anguish, and he screams again. There is no relief. His throat is raw from screaming and thirst. He loses his breath and thinks he is suffocating, and suddenly his body involuntarily gasps for air, and all the injuries unite in pain. In torment, he forgets about the crown of two-inch thorns and throws his head back in desperation, only to hit one of the thorns perpendicular against his crossbeam and drive it half an inch into his skull. His voice reaches a soprano pitch of pain and sobs break over his pain-wracked body as every cry brings more and more pain. Now, I am not thinking about that blouse anymore. I am at Calvary. These two images are not comparable. If you will use the muscle of your brain to pursue, violently pursue with the muscle of your mind, images of Christ crucified with the same creative energy that you use to pursue sexual fantasies, you will kill them. But it must start in the first five seconds. And not give up. So my question is, do you fight rather than only pray, only praying and waiting and trying to avoid? It is image against image. It is ruthless, vicious mental warfare, not just praying and waiting. Join me in this bloody warfare to keep my mind and body pure for my Lord, my wife, my family, my church.
Jesus suffered beyond imagination to, quote, purify for himself a people for his own possession, end quote. Titus 2. Every scream and spasm was to kill my lust. Quote, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. God, the cross. Help us to dwell on the cross. For there we remember our salvation through you. There we remember the love your father had for us, the love you had for your father. And God, in application, we can kill sin by your written word, by that image. Help us to worship you rightly today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.